Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. Good afternoon. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Adam Roberts. We are live from the Lakeland University studios offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakelands.edu. Going to talk about the Bucks today. We didn't get to do a whole lot of that yesterday. We spent most of the time with the Brewers. Also want to talk a little bit about the Packers and Aaron Jones coming up in the second hour of the show. Bart Winkler, he'll join the show coming up at 4.30. We'll talk with him about the Brewers, the Bucks, the Packers, and whatever else comes up with Bart. You know how that is. And we'll do some draft mockery with him. And I believe we now have our draft mockery topic from the one and only Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. We're going to do some sitcoms, TV sitcoms from different decades. Are we doing sitcoms specifically? uh, That's going to change things up for me on my big board. I mean, we can do TV shows in general. I think that's what he originally said. It All right, was he said TV shows in general. Yeah. So we'll do TV shows from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. That'll come up at 445. Bob Herrig from Sports Illustrated, a golf writer for them. He'll join the show coming up at 5 o'clock. I'm, 5 o'clock. I'm excited to talk to him. I knew you would be. This, this is a topic that's perfectly tailor-made for you. Yeah, I've never... And I'll bring this up with Bob. I, I've, I've never felt... I was telling Sparky just a few minutes ago, I've never felt a huge amount of like, man, I really wish I was there for a golf tournament outside of the Masters or, you know, occasionally you'll have a, a major or something like that where something's cool's going on that you would wish you were there for. Ryder Cup occasionally. This tournament over in Scotland at St. Andrews, the 150, 150th Open Championship, I don't know, man, I, something about it. Maybe it's just how people are covering it and how I see it all portrayed on Twitter and Golf Channel, all these different places. I don't know. I've never wanted to be at a golf tournament more than I want to be at St. Andrews right now. The closest thing I have from St. Andrews is uh, I have a ball marker from, I think it was 2004, the Open Champion. I know they do the rotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah throughout the uk but i believe they were in there in 2004 and i have a ball marker 
from that tournament. That's as close as I may ever get to going to St. Andrews. Yeah, I never thought that St. Andrew, like I always thought it'd be up there on my bucket list of courses, but after seeing all this coverage, it's not at the top. I still think like Pebble Beach and Augusta would be at the top, but it's like probably number three now. Like there's just nothing like it. The home of golf, like I was telling Sparky, you see different things of people just walking around and just walking right onto the course like it's a public park and you are watching guys do their practice rounds and they have to tell people to hurry up as they walk across the first fairway because it's just a regular old stroll in the afternoon in Scotland. They're walking their dogs and doing all that stuff. I love that. I love that it's like a stark difference from what you get with Augusta National where Augusta is everything's like hoity-toity and you got to be careful that not a single thing is out of place and then you have St. Andrews that is one of the greatest tests in golf, and yet basically it was carved out by sheep by where they decided to eat the grass. <laughs> you know, I was talking with Leroy. He is not a big fan of Lynx golf. Leroy, an avid golfer. He sure. does not like Lynx-style courses, which obviously we're going to be seeing a lot of that this weekend. That's why I like Lasonia because you can get the best get of both, both worlds. You get both. Uh, I played there, and I'm more of a Woodlands, more of a Parkland-style golf course. I play more the American style through the air and everything, so I can get down with that with Leroy, but there is nothing better than watching Lynx golf, in my opinion. Like, It's awesome to watch all these different things, but to see the creativity that some of these guys have to play at courses like St. Andrews, it's awesome. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that more tomorrow because I, I do want to talk about Tiger Woods and his journey back and if he's really going to have a shot. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. Let's start today. We're going to dive into some Milwaukee Bucks talk. We, we were supposed to do this yesterday. Got all detoured on all types of Brewers talk. So we'll talk very minimal Brewers today. I want to talk about the Bucks. What grade would you give the Bucks offseason this offseason because you look at the players that they've brought back haven't necessarily added a whole lot they brought in Joe Ingles they drafted Bochamp and we'll go through the roster and those moves in just a little bit but what grade would you give them this offseason 414-799-1250 414-799-1250 or you can tweet us at 1250 AM the fan and this one's a tough one because I think it kind of the answer is going to come from how you felt about that playoff series with the Celtics. If you thought that they weren't good enough to win the series, even if Chris Middleton was healthy, or you thought that it would have been still pretty close, then I don't know that you're going to be super thrilled with this one because they didn't necessarily improve the basketball team this offseason. I don't know that you can look at this Bucks team compared to what they trotted out this past season and say that they're going to be any better. I don't know that you can say they're going to be any worse, but I don't think you can say that they're going to be quantifiably better than they were this past season. And I, I don't know that you have to feel like they needed to be better. You know, I think at some point you reach a level where unless you make major shakeups, unless you make major shakeups, then you can't necessarily get better. Real quick, before we dive into this, I do have some breaking news. And breaking news on the fan is brought to you by the Beat the Streak podcast. Get an inside edge on how to win the $5.6 million prize every day this baseball season. Listen on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Some quick Brewers news before we dive back into the Bucks. Sparky called it. Hunter Renfro has been reinstated from the 10-day injured list, and Chichi Gonzalez has been designated for assignment. So Hunter Renfro is back. Chichi no longer with the club. He is DFA'd. So good news for the crew. They've needed Hunter Renfro back. I was so sick of seeing some of those outfield lineups that they throw out there. Keston Hira and left. Can that please be done? I don't want to see him with a glove ever again. Now I'm going to do my best Brian Windhorst impression. So Chichi Gonzalez has been DFA'd. Very strange move. It's not strange, strange at all. It's not strange, strange at all. We're very Why glad. Why the Brewers do this? We're very glad that he's gone. We're very glad that yeah, he's Yeah, you gone. won't get an argument from me. <laughs> like, uh, Good for Renfro, too. I'm yeah, glad to see I, I'm him I'm so glad that Renfro's back because he's been... He started really slow, but he kind of got things going, and now he's the Renfro that you knew you were getting when you traded. And I still cannot believe that they traded Jackie Bradley Jr. and got Hunter Renfro in return. I don't think it was just straight-up trade. I think they threw in some... I have no idea what else, but they got basically Hunter Renfro for JBJ. What a steal for David Stearns, and luckily he should be back, and hopefully he's in the lineup tonight. He'll be back from the injured list. So there you go. Again, Hunter Renfro reinstated. Chi-Chi Gonzalez designated for assignment. But back into the Bucks. You know, I think once with some teams, I think it's been this way for the Packers for a little bit, and I think you could say that maybe they got worse this offseason by losing Devontae Adams and not necessarily filling in the hole there. The defense got better, but... I don't know that you'd say that as a whole the Packers got better. I don't know if you would say they got a whole lot worse either. I think they're kind of about where they were last year. But when you look at the Bucks, I wouldn't say that they got better or worse, but I think you reach a point too where how much better can a team get unless you're making huge moves? You know, you you look at the Bucks and say how could they get better if they keep Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Drew Holiday as the big three, and it's really about finding the right role players. And last year, it doesn't seem like they had the right mix of role players as opposed to the year before. Once they brought in P.J. Tucker, they kind of had the right role players to make the run that they did. But how do you necessarily say that they were going to get better? The only way I'd say that the Bucks could have improved their roster to a point that you maybe felt a little bit better, is if they were going to do some sort of shakeup with Middleton and Holiday to go get a bigger name. You know, maybe they move one of those guys for a guy like Damian Lillard or whatever the case, and maybe you would look at them and say, oh, yeah, they're better this year than last year. They were never going to do that, in my opinion, so they're going to stick with this same sort of thing. And if you feel like this team from last year was going to be good enough to beat the Celtics without or with Chris Middleton... And because he was sitting out and he was injured, that's why they lost that series. And I think you got to be pretty happy that they brought all the guys back. But if you think that they needed to improve, they were missing something, there was something to this team, something to the recipe that is missing, then I think you might be a little bit dissatisfied with what the Bucks did this offseason. You know, they finally used a draft pick, so they got a little bit younger by bringing in Bochamp, but it's still a relatively old roster. I don't know if that's something that maybe still concerns you a little bit about this basketball team. A lot of you would like to see George Hill off this team, and he's still on the team. So is that something that you're frustrated with? Another guy that a lot of Bucks fans turned on after the Celtics series, Grayson Allen, are you still frustrated that he's going to be a part of this team unless 
they make a move before the season, but more than likely this is kind of the team you're the squad you're going to roll with. So Grayson Allen and George Hill are still going to be a part of it. And how do you feel about it? Because to me, I'm fine with what they did. I'm fine that they're a little bit of an older team. I'm fine that they didn't move Grayson Allen and he's still going to be a part of this team because I do tend to think that if Chris Middleton were healthy for the Celtics series, that they probably move on past the Celtics and who knows, maybe they're lifting another Larry O'Brien trophy. But how do you feel? What grade would you give them for this offseason? 414-799-1250 or you can tweet us at 1250am. The fan, let's get out to Charles on the north side. Charles, what's going on, man? Yeah, what's going on? Uh, you know, I, I will give them a B because uh, if you really look at it, the Bucks was in a position where they did what they had to do. Mm-hmm. You, brought, you brought Bobby back. You basically brought everybody back. I like it that they kept their first-round draft pick this year. It seemed like they got a nice young athlete there. And even the second-round pick, and uh, I like to see them keep a way to keep Vildoza and uh, at least keep him. But uh, I, I like what they did. Yeah, I, I agree on that. I, I think that they did a good job of bringing in a little bit of young talent with Bo Champ, and they kept the guys that they needed to keep. And you saw Bobby Portis is returning. You saw that Pat Connaughton's returning, and I think that was really important for those guys to come back. Appreciate the phone call, and, and that's the main thing. You know, if if you're satisfied with them just bringing everyone back and keeping the band back together, bringing the band back together and keeping it together. Uh, for the next couple seasons, then you're probably pretty satisfied. If you're fine with them just running it back with the team they had this year, then you're satisfied. I think some Bucks fans would have liked to have seen them improve, seen them make some moves to try to bring in someone else that maybe is better in the half court that can help in case someone's injured. But I don't know that you can necessarily get a whole lot better than what the Bucks have been unless you're going to move on from Middleton and Holiday. And that's one of those things where we talk about it with baseball, we talk about it with football, and same thing in the NBA. It requires a little bit of luck for you to win a championship, and part of that luck is your guys staying healthy. And as crazy as it was for the Bucks to be able to win when Giannis went down and the championship run and eventually return, they weren't able to get it done with Chris Middleton off the floor because they lacked that half-court scoring. Would I have liked to seen them bring in a wing or a guard that can do a little bit more in the half court by themselves in the case that Chris Middleton were to miss time again? Absolutely. But at the same point, they're banking on Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Giannis being there down the long stretch. And if one of those guys is missing, then chances are you're not going to be able to get the job done. It's it's the same way with just about any other team that depends on a big three. If you're missing one of those big three, your chances of winning that championship go way down. So again, what grade would you give the Bucks offseason this year? What grade would you give them? 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250AM. The fan will take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get some more of your reaction here on the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That's Adam Roberts here on 1250AM. The Fan. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Adam Roberts. This portion of the show is brought to you by News Nation. News Nation, to check out the 
news without any filler, without any bias, check out News Nation. You can check out newsnation.com slash get started to check and see if your provider has News Nation. News Nation, news without bias. Toby Altizer in on the Fan Afternoon Show with you today talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. What grade would you give the Bucks this offseason? 414-799-1250. You can tweet us at 1250 AM. How do you feel about the moves that they've made? Are you fine with this roster going into next season? What kind of grade would you give them? Because to me, I'm not going to give them too high of a grade. I'm also not going to give them too low of a grade. Paul tweets in, he says, I'd give them a solid B-plus offseason. Keeping Bobby and Pat was huge. Adding Joe Ingles has a high postseason upside. Kept the rest of the free agents, just need to figure out something to move George for. And I think that's the one thing that a majority of Bucks fans would be a little bit disappointed about, is that George Hill's still part of this basketball team. That's probably about it. You know, I think you're pretty satisfied with the draft pick at this point. You know, seeing what he's done in the summer league so far, 15 points again last night on 50% shooting, 50% from downtown. So, so far in his two summer league appearances, has shot the ball pretty well, including from the outside, and scored 17 points against the Nets, 15 points against the Celtics last night. So, he's been solid. 16 points a game, I think that's pretty much what you want out of a first-round pick and someone that can maybe come in and help you right away. He's not going to score that many points in an actual NBA game, but he'll give you solid perimeter defense, and he'll come in right away, and if you need a little bit of scoring, maybe he can provide a little bit of that. So I think you got to be pretty satisfied with that. And then you kept the rest of the guys, like Paul said. You know, Bobby Portis is back, Pat Connaughton is back, and I think those were the big question marks going into the offseason. And we'll go through the roster here in just a second to see what guys are still on this roster because pretty much you're going to recognize just about everyone. I mean, the, you look at losses. Who did they lose? They didn't really lose anybody. Who did they add? I guess you can say Bochamp and Hugo Basson are added, but Basson's going to be stashed over in Europe. And Joe Ingles, that's pretty much it. There's some guys on the roster bubble that we'll take a look at and see if you guys want them, but we'll get out to some of your phone calls first at 414-799-1250. Let's get out to Mike, who's in West Dallas. Mike, what's going on? I'm doing good. How you doing, Toby? Not too bad. How you doing, Mike? Good, good. So uh, overall, I'd give them a, a, a solid B-. Um, okay. and yeah, when you're when you're giving them a grade, you have to keep in mind that they didn't really have a lot of resources to work with mm-hmm. uh, this offseason. So I, I like bringing Portis back. You know, fan favorite, gives you some punch off the bench. I like to pick a Bochamp. I'm happy they drafted somebody there because I think they needed to get younger, uh, more athletic, and he re- – I've watched both of the summer league games, and he reminds me a lot of uh, Herb Jones Jr., uh, and, and that's a really good starter uh, in this league at the wing position. I did not like bringing back Wesley Matthews or Serge Ibaka, uh, a, a couple of old guys, not athletic. I'd rather uh, Bochamp get those minutes uh, over Matthews because I just feel like he, he gives you the same thing, and he has a lot more potential. Um, and then I'm kind of lukewarm on the Joe Engel signing because his you know, at 34 years old, is he going to come back and be the same player uh, off, off that ACL injury? And, and one question mark I still have is who uh, – tell me, Toby, who is the Bucks' backup point guard at this point in the playoffs on the roster right now? Unfortunately, it's probably George Hill. Ah, 
<laughs> I think I just puked a little in my mouth. Yeah, because it's either um, George Hill or Javon Carter, and I I like Javon Carter as a player, but he doesn't give you a whole lot as a point guard. He's more so as a defender and occasionally knock down a three. Right. So I, I, don't, I don't think anybody has confidence in George Hill, and I, I don't think he would even be on the team if he didn't have a guaranteed $4 million salary mm-hmm. this season. So that that's a big weak spot for them. Uh, if it was me, I'd rather have, uh, you know, Dennis Schroeder at that $6.5 million mid-level over Ingles. Uh, but the thing is, I, I don't know if Dennis Schroeder's going to sign for that. I mean, he's still out there. I would love to have a guy like that. I just don't well, think he's going to sign and, for that. And here's maybe some of their reasoning by signing Joe Ingles. And I don't know if he would do this, and I don't know if this is how they're going to use him, but at times, with Utah, Joe Ingles would run the point. That's true. When Mike Conley was injured, he would. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they if they really wanted to and they get sick of George Hill, they could use Joe Ingles as a point guard. I don't know how much I'd like that, but possibly that's something that they'll – I'm sure they're going to play around with that during the regular season and see if that's something that'll work. I don't know if I'm sold on it, but who knows? Maybe it'll work out. Right, right. It, one more, I got one more, one more thing. Um, so, But when you look at it, this, this is what depresses me. The Celtics added Derek White – uh, during the regular season last year. He's a great six-man, if not a really good starter, and they added Malcolm Brogdon. Um, and the Bucks added Joe Ingles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, obviously the Celtics had all those first-round picks that they had to trade for, but right now I, I think the Celtics are the more talented team uh, than the Bucks when you factor in that they got Malcolm Brogdon as well. I, I don't know what your thoughts on that are, but I'll, I'll get off here. Yeah, it's a tough one. I appreciate the phone call, Mike. Yeah. The the thing is, like we can talk about more talent and how deep and all these different things, but Giannis overcomes a lot of those things. So does Chris when he's healthy. I mean, I was harping on the Celtics all of last year. Uh, you know, once the the calendar flipped and they started getting going, of this is a really good basketball team, and they do have a lot of talent, and maybe they have more talent in numbers than what the Bucks do, but they also don't have anything to stop Giannis. Because as much as they want to talk, oh yeah, we found out how to stop Giannis in that series, he still averaged, what, like 35, 15, and 8? Something stupid like that? So Giannis is going to overcome a lot of these things. So there's a whole lot of teams that, because they don't have a Giannis, maybe can add a little bit more in depth of talent, but they don't have the talent at the top. And I like Jason Tatum. I really do, but <laughs> you tell me what you saw in the finals and if that encouraged you at all if you're a Celtics fan because that was awful from Jason Tatum. So, yeah, they added some talent, and that'll be nice, but then again, you look at Malcolm Brogdon and what has he done the last couple years with Indiana. Is he someone that you'd get super excited about if he were coming back to Milwaukee? Yeah, you'd be happy, but you'd also look at it and say, are we sure he's even going to be available for the postseason? How many games is he even going to play? So there's question marks about a lot of these guys. And I think the guy that the Bucks brought in and Joe Ingles is an interesting one because, yes, he is older and he comes in off an injury. But I think he can maybe give you a little bit of that isolation scoring that you lacked. It's going to be an unconventional isolation scoring. The guy doesn't get to the rim easily. The guy doesn't hit easy step-back jumpers. All the stuff is going to be contested because he's not the most athletic guy, but he finds a way to get the ball in the hole. So maybe that's something that they're going to do, and that's why they brought him in. Maybe they brought him in to test him at, 
you know, use him occasionally as a backup point guard and see what he can give you there. Because, you know, a lot of these guys are going to be useful during the regular season, but how much are they going to be useful during the playoffs? Because that's really all that matters for the Bucks. You know, these guys that you bring in, that's awesome. They can help you the depth. This 14-man roster that you have right now, I'm sure all 14 are going to see the floor during the regular season. But in reality, when it comes postseason time, nine, ten guys are seeing it. So which of these guys is actually going to help? I think Serge Ibaka can still play some sort of role for this Bucks team in the postseason. I know a lot of people weren't a big fan of him coming back and getting re-signed. I know Sparky wasn't a huge fan of that. But I think he can still play some sort of role for the Bucks in the playoffs. I just don't think he ever got really comfortable with this Bucks team and their system. So you give him a full year and Budenholzer the full season to kind of figure out what kind of role. And last year he was brought in, we understand, as Brooke Lopez insurance. And then once Brooke Lopez came back, they never really found that role for Serge Ibaka. This year you're going to have Brooke, you're going to have Serge, you're going to have Bobby, and you can kind of figure out throughout the whole regular season, and that's going to be a lot of what the regular season's going to be, and that's what I think the Bucks have done the last couple years is, yes, you want to win as many games as you can, but it's also a time for you to build that chemistry and also experiment with things and see what kind of lineups work. You know, I think Javon Carter could have probably used some more playoff minutes over George Hill, but is Javon Carter going to be able to give you enough offensively that you're comfortable putting him in in a tight game if you need a backup point guard in the game, if Drew Holiday needs a little bit of a rest. I I don't know if I'm comfortable with that either because I think he's a little bit suspect as an offensive player at times when he's having to play as the primary ball handler. So I, I think this Bucks team didn't necessarily improve, and so if I were going to give them a grade, I think it'd be a C or a C plus, and it's not a failing grade, it's not a bad grade, and... It's not a good grade either. The reason I can't, I'm not going to give them a bad grade is because, like I said, I don't think they got worse. You know, there, there are moves that they could have done or not been able to get done that would have made them worse if they weren't able to bring back Bobby or Pat or something of that nature. Then, sure, you would have said then that would have been disappointing and maybe give them a little bit of a worse grade. But they get both of those guys back. The reason I can't give them a better grade is because I don't think that they're any better. Like I, I don't, and I'm also not going to act like just because they brought back their own guys that it's the greatest thing ever. You know, would you like to have an upgrade over Pat Connaughton? Yeah, I like Pat Connaughton as a player and he's giving you solid playoff minutes. Is that to say that I couldn't find someone better? Uh no, I I could find someone better that I'd like. Is it realistic? Maybe not. Maybe that's part of the thing that they kind of did what they could with what they were given. They brought back the guys that they could. They signed who they could and this is pretty much where they were at. Maybe for the ability of what they were able to do, maybe you should give their offseason an A+. I don't know. But for me, I'll give them around a C, a C+, because I'm just, I'm not wowed. There's nothing about the offseason that made me go, yes, outside of maybe having Bobby and Pat resign and opt into their player options. Outside of that, there was nothing that made me go, wow, this is awesome. The Bucks are going to be so much better next year. But there was also no move that made me go, what the heck were they thinking? So I have channeled my inner Ted Mosby, Toby, and have made my pros and cons list. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. It is uh, not very long, at least on the pros side. Uh, the only one I wrote down was Bobby Portis deal. Mm-hmm. And that is partially for the reasons you mentioned. And I do like having him in the mix with your Lopez's 
and your Ibakas. I'll get to that in just a second. But I'm also happy Bobby will be back because now I have a reason beyond just being a fan to go to Bucks games next season because my fiance is in love with Bobby. Not in that way, but she loves the guy. And if I'm telling her on a random February evening, let's go to a Bucks game and he's not there, it's going to be harder to convince her to go out from our house to Pfizer. Now it's a little bit easier, which makes my life a lot easier, too. So. For those reasons, I'm very happy Bobby is back. That's Absolutely. the big pro. In the unsure category, I have Wes Matthews and Joe Ingles. Because mm-hmm. like Mike and West Dallas, the Ingles, the Ingles signing is kind of a meh for me because we, ha- we don't know. It's so interesting with athletes how they rebound from that particular injury. It goes one way or the other way. It's very well, rarely in the middle. And it's, it's weird because it seems like a majority of people nowadays with the ACL come back, no problem. None whatsoever. And I think a majority of fans and fan bases around the country would say, no problem, he's coming off an ACL. But this fan base in Wisconsin saw a guy at left tackle for the Packers not exactly able to come back, so they're a little wary on it. Why he was in that game against Detroit, no idea. So, uh, And then with Wes... I mean, it's kind of like you said, it's not, it's a move that, you know, if you're keeping the band together, which is what we keep saying with this group in their window of opportunity right now, then yeah, it makes sense to keep him around, but it's still not a, it's not like, wow, he's back. NBA finals are bust, baby. I mean, it was going to be that way, no matter whether he was back or not. So, I mean, he's going to be on the bench. He'll come off. He'll do his thing. In the cons section, now we get to Ibaka. I still don't know why he was brought back for a one-year deal. It is still a head-scratcher to me. Because, I mean, what are we going to do? What are you going to do with him? Seven minutes a game? I don't think he's going to be expected to play a whole lot. I think a lot of these older guys realize that they can play in Milwaukee and they don't have to have a larger role, and they're fine with that. And they can compete for a championship. So we're content with him just taking a bench spot then? Yeah. I, I don't know if I am. But again... This was a very milk toast NBA offseason as far as names that were available. I mean, who was I really expecting we were going to get? It's just, I want more. I want there to be more you that we could have done. You could certainly do worse with your third big than Serge Ibaka. Could you certainly do better? Sure. But I don't know if realistically the Bucks had that option. And then my last con, I'm going to nix out the no major moves. A little editing on air because... Like I just said, what was I really expecting at this point with this team in particular in this front office? And then Javon Carter is also my con for the reason that you mentioned, which is that he's not going to, he's fine as a ball player, but if you want him in that backup point behind Holiday, this is not going to happen. And beyond Holiday and Hill, I mean, who do you really have? So when I re, when I tabulate all of that up, I kind of come out to around the same area you were. I'll go C plus just because the offseason isn't over yet per se. Could always be something else that happens. And I'm very curious to see what Bochamp turns into. Now, I did watch a snippet of the Summer League game last night, which was, of course, more known for the scoring fiasco that yeah, happened what in with the that world? game. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a scenario, Summer League or not, where a team was leading and then it's like, well, yes, but actually no. So I'm, but I did catch some of the Bochamp scoring or uh, his scoring tongue tied. What else is new? <laughs> um, and I like what I see that I'm not expecting too much from a 24th round pick. 
I want him to look like a player who, if we give him minutes, he's not going to look like a deer in the headlights, yeah. pun intended. But obviously, he's not a top 10 quality pick either, which I'm not expecting him to be because he wasn't. So I like what I see. His shooting can be improved. That's fine. This is what we want to see. We want to address those areas now that are like, okay, we're going to have this guy figuratively as a first-round pick for the next seven, eight years. Let's go high. Yeah. What can we fix now so that we don't have we don't have the errors of our past first round picks? What grade would you give the Bucks this offseason? 414-799-1250. I give them a C, C plus. Adam gives them a C plus. What grade do you give them? Again, 414-799-1250. Or you can tweet us at 1250am the fan. More of the fan afternoon show comes up next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Adam Roberts. This portion of the show is brought to you by News Nation. You want the news without the noise? News Nation is news for all of America, reporting all sides, no spins, no agendas. Go to newsnation.com slash join us to find News Nation on your television provider. Also want to tell you about podcasts that you can check out. BetQL's Daily Boost. Lucy Burge, Nick Ashush, and Dan Karpuk scan the betting landscape each day to reveal the most valuable odds boost using data, analytics, and the BetQL model. They dive into all of the reasons why you should consider taking advantage of it. As an added bonus, the hosts also unveil their favorite personal picks of the day in this concise, snackable podcast. If you're looking for an in-depth analysis on the sports betting landscape, then this podcast is just for you. That's the Daily Boost. Make sure you check it out on the Odyssey app. Talking about the Milwaukee Bucks and their offseason. What grade would you give the Bucks offseason? 414-799-1250. You can tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan again. I give them a C, C plus. Adam gives them a C plus. Claxton tweets in and says a C minus because we're still going to get torched from three in the playoffs and hit, sit here wondering why the same thing happened four times out of the last five years. And maybe that's the case. Maybe, and we'll have to ask Bart this later, maybe he would give them a low grade because Mike Budenholzer still coaching this basketball team. I was going to say, that's kind of the Bart way. <laughs> well, everyone else is giving them a C plus, B minus. Yeah, I'll go D minus. Please yeah. react to me, please. Uh, Paul <laughs> tweets at 12.50 a.m. The fans, solid B-plus offseason for the Bucks. Interesting. Keeping Bobby and Pat was huge. I didn't even mention Connaughton. Adding Ingles has a high postseason upside. 
kept the rest of the free agents, just need to figure out something to move George for. Yeah, and I think again, I think that's why a lot of people are hesitant on this offseason because George Hill started still a part of this basketball team. If you were to do all the same moves, but you were to get rid of George Hill, even if it's for not even a great piece, it's just kind of negligible. I bet you a lot of people would be happy with this offseason. But they're pretty scared that we're going to go into another Bucks postseason run like we did this year. And you know who's going to get major minutes is George Hill. And I think they're a little bit hesitant on that. Let's let's look through the roster right now. And this is who is on this roster. Because the Bucks are at 14. And the last couple years, they've kept it at 14. The max is 15. So if they wanted to have someone else, they could. And there's a couple guys that are on the bubble that we'll have to take a look at. But here's who's on the roster right now. Joe Ingles and Marjan Bochamp are the new additions to the roster. The guys that were retained that had a free agency option, a player option this year that came back, guys like Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, those guys are back. Some free agents that came back were Wesley Matthews, Ibaka, Javon Carter, and Thanasis also opted into a player option. So those guys are all back. And then looking at some of the other guys, Giannis is obviously back, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Grayson Allen, and George Hill. So some of the guys that are notable that I haven't mentioned, Luca Vildoza is on a non-guaranteed contract, so he'll be out through the summer camp and all the different things going on right now with the summer league, but will he be a part of that roster going forward? That's a bit of a question mark. Ray John Tucker, another one. And then one more that has played a decent bit for the Bucks over the last couple seasons, Jordan Wara. What kind of decision are they going to make with him? Are they done with him? He could be back on this roster, but right now he's not officially on the roster. Could they make him the 15th guy? They haven't done that over the last couple of years. They've usually left one open for kind of spending reasons, but also just some flexibility if they need to bring someone in in a pinch. They don't have to cut anyone. So are they going to keep Jordan War or not? I wonder where you feel about that because I'm fine if that's it for him. I had a lot of hope when he got drafted by the Bucks. Granted, we also got to remember, Jordan Wara, we had all these expectations. He was drafted in the second round. All right, so, you know, has he lived up to what you expected out of a second-round pick? Honestly, he probably has. He's a second-rounder. But at the same point, I had high hopes because I liked what he did at Louisville. And he just has never gotten to that point where I'm confident with him on the floor with the Bucks. Most of the time, he's chucking up shots he doesn't need to and different things like that. And I, I wish you were more reliable, but that's just not the case. And maybe they'll keep him around as the 15th guy on this roster. I almost just feel like they should move on. If you could trade him for something, that'd be awesome, but I don't know that who's going to give you a whole lot for him. I think he might thrive somewhere else where he could be a little more ball-dominant and maybe get a little more time, but that's going to be on a bad basketball team. It's not going to be with a winning franchise like the Bucks. You know, Maybe he could go somewhere and he gets a little more time and re- refines himself and becomes a little bit more efficient of a scorer and he can become a, a nice sixth man going forward. You know, Maybe like a J.R. Smith type or something like that. That'd be fun for him, but I, I don't see him ever being a huge asset or a huge part of a Bucks run. I, I just don't. Adam, where do you stand on Jordan Wara? Because I'm I'm fine. Like if they bring him back, fine. But I'm also not 
going to be all that devastated if he's not on the Bucks team next year. He could be released today. We would talk about it. And maybe a, uh, two weeks later, I'd say I, a week later, I would still remember. But two weeks later, I might honestly have forgotten that he was released. Yeah. I mean, he he doesn't make a whole lot of an impact for this team. And he's a young guy that you'd like to be able to have a part of this team because this is an older basketball team and you'd like to have maybe a next wave. But I had hopes that he could be part of that and develop into being a nice bench scorer, but he just never did. You know, I think a lot of people look at the Warriors and you say, oh, yeah, that's the way it needs to be done, the way that they've done it where they're sitting here right now with their old regime of Giannis, or not, sorry, Steph and Clay and Draymond, and then they have their new regime, right? You got Moses Moody, who looked good in the summer league the other day. You got Jonathan Kaminga, Wiseman. The thing about that is they had a stretch in there where injuries and all these different things happened, and they stunk for a little bit. And that's how they got that influx of youth in there in the middle of this dynasty that they've really had. The Bucks haven't had that. They haven't had a year so far with Giannis when they started to really evolve and become the Bucks that we know now where they just stunk and ended up with a top 10 pick, a lottery pick. That hasn't happened yet. And I don't know that it will. Hopefully it doesn't. And so this idea that, oh, they're so old and I don't like that. Well, I get your idea of you would rather have some youth. But at the same point, this is the point of uh, uh, the franchise where they're trying to win championship year after year. And so I'm fine if they're a little bit older. Does that concern you at all, Adam? Like this is an older roster where... You know, they don't have that influx of youth. When you look around this roster, a lot of guys in their 30s, one of the oldest in the NBA, I look at that and say, that's fine. That's experience. That's what you need to try and win championships. And look, at the end of this window, it might go back into a bad portion of Bucks basketball. But as long as Giannis is here for the next, you know, four, five, six years, whatever the case may be, you're going to have some older rosters where you just bring in some aging veterans to try and makeup and uh, the rest of the roster that can help you try and win a championship. And I'm fine with that. I don't like it a hundred percent. Although I would say for this season, I'm fine with it after this year. And granted, a lot of it will be dictated by what happens this season and in the playoffs for 2023. After that, I'm going to have to see this team get younger. I know on the big show, I've definitely mentioned it's going to be a concern and it will be continue to grow as a concern every year that they remain one of the oldest teams in the league. For now, I think experience is going to be beneficial once we get into some of these games against these teams that, you know, like your Bostons and your Miamis, your Brooklyns, if they can somehow retool, etc. It's going to be valuable to be experienced because we know the Warriors, they've got plenty of it on their roster. They have what I would describe as the perfect hybrid in the NBA between experience at the top Mm -hmm. and young guys who are ready to go and now have their own band of experience as well. So for now, it's not as huge of a concern as other things, but every year that goes forward, they don't get it done and they keep getting older. That concern for me will grow and grow. 414-799-1250, what grade would you give the Bucks? this off season. Let's get out to Steve in Brookfield. Steve, what's going on, man? How you doing, guys? Great. So, hey, you know, I, I mean, the reason I give the Bucks a, a B grade is because I think we're just 
not realizing that uh, you push Boston to seven games without Middleton, you take everybody's second-best player off their team, and they're going to struggle in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. i got to believe if we go healthy next year, our roster's fine. It, it, it really is. We're going to go one, two, maybe three in the conference. But it's going to go down to Boston and Milwaukee. I mean, the Nets, they, just, they blew up their team already. Where those players go, who knows? But I, I think we're fine with how we are. It, the bottom line is it's all about healthy. Who's going to be healthy at the end of the year? Because if we had been healthy this year, we might have went to the championship, and everybody would say, well, then our grades are going up. Because, you know, Portis was a big – that was a big signing. It really was a big signing. He's our hard-nosed player, kind of took over for uh, TJ when he was on the team. I still can't believe what he got for money. But that's where basketball is going. It's going for these high-priced players. Well, we have the team for a championship for about a two- or three-year window right mm-hmm. now. So we don't have to go young because most rookies that come into play, if you're not a stud stud player – you're not seeing the floor anyway that long, especially come playoff time. So, like the Bolchev, he looked good in this rookie. I don't know if you watch rookie basketball or yeah. summer basketball. But uh, I, it, it, that, I don't really count that stuff. It's, it's all about the trades and the, the veteran players. Yeah, we need some tweaking as far as everyone talks about the George Hill factor. Yeah, I, I do agree. George Hill might have to go. And if you really want to have a, a, a chance for a true championship, then you gotta you gotta give a little more to get that player to give your other players the holidays a rest and stuff like that coming off the bench because our five can compete. I'd like to be Lopez to be a little more healthy, but you know he didn't play hardly at all last year, so I think that's going to add a few more wins. That's why I say we're going to go one two in the conference because all year long with him that that's going to help out tremendously, which leaves me at who's going to touch Milwaukee or Boston this year. I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, you know, I agree. I, Steve, appreciate you know, it, man. Sure. And to his point, when you look at these rookies and stuff, we talk about youth. When was the last time you had a rookie really come in and make a huge impact on a championship basketball team? You know, we can talk about the Warriors all we want. We can talk about all these young guys. Was Kaminga playing big minutes in the finals, in the playoffs? No. Mo- Moody? No. Wiseman? He's been hurt. No. Jordan Poole? But Poole's been in the league a couple years now, so he's kind of learned the ropes. So when you look at these teams, we can talk about trying to bring in youth, but in general, with how the NBA is nowadays, if you're going to bring in an impact rookie, that's awesome. They may play a lot, but the chances are if they're playing a lot, you're not a winning franchise or you're not a top franchise that's going to contend for an NBA Finals, and that's not where the Bucks are at right now. So they're not going to have that sort of thing right now, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. All right, we'll talk a little bit about the Brewers before we get into some Packers talk here as we wrap up the first hour of the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That's Adam Roberts here in the Lakeland University studios. It's the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Adam Roberts. Talked about the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll get back into that at 5.15 or so for Pick a Lane. If you want to jump in then, if you didn't get your opportunity Make sure to give us a call at 414-799-1250 when we jump back into the box around 515 or so after Bob Herrick joins us at 5 o'clock. Do want to talk a little bit about the Brewers and some news we heard today. Hunter Renfro, he is reinstated from the 10-day IL, and he'll be back 
Chichi Gonzalez in a corresponding move has been DFA'd, so no more Chichi Gonzalez for the crew, as well as some other news. Josh Hader is not going to participate in the All-Star game this year. He was named an All-Star once again this year, and rightfully so, but he's not going to participate. And we've heard various reports, but Adam McAlvey and some of the Brewers beat writers talked to him in the locker room not that long ago. Here's what Josh Hader had to say, and he's not going because he just had a kid. And your decision to stay home? Yeah, I mean, first off, it's uh, it's an honor to go to the game to be uh, to name part of an officer selection. But, um, you know, I think my duty is to be with my family and, um, you know, I think uh, just to be ready for the second half. I think um, my family needs me at this time, and uh, it's just kind of the decision that we made. Whether you were going to pitch or not in the game, will it help you to just physically get a couple days to reset and regroup at home as well? I think just in general, just the, the all-star break, it, it's nice to kind of relax the mental and not really focus on baseball too much. Even if you're at the All-Star game, it's a little bit relaxed and um, a different environment than uh, going through the season. So I think just um, being able to get that day from the regular grind would be uh, very beneficial. Josh, how tough has it been since becoming a dad to, to have to leave home to, to do your job? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it can definitely be challenging. I think uh, a lot of guys that have had kids and families. Uh, I, I would especially say the, the older ones are at school in different states, but um, I mean, you feel like you're visiting your family most of the most of the year. So I think that's really the tough part about it, but um, just spending the quality time as much as you can is, is the end goal, you know? Is that something that you and you know, so many other guys in here can, can talk about and, and kind of work through with each other, just being away from, from the family for so much of the season? Sure. I mean, everybody knows uh, the grind of, of baseball, but uh, I think the ultimate grind is, is being away from your family and, and not being able to see them as much as uh, you possibly can. But the fortunate part is that we have the other four or five months in the off season to, to spend that time. So it's a, a give and take, but, um, you know, obviously family is uh, the most important. Josh, where are you at physically relative to this time of year and other seasons? Honestly, I feel like I'm, I'm in the best spot I've possibly been um, overall in my career. I think uh, there's a lot that I've learned to keep my body in shape and in tune. Um, and just the recovery standpoint of things, too, I think I've been able to uh, you know, expand my knowledge on the recovery aspect of things, which has helped me out just throughout daily grind and um, just being trying trying to be ready each and every day. There you heard from Josh Hader, that video courtesy of Adam McAlvey on Twitter. Uh, rightfully so, going to miss the All-Star game. I mean, he just had a kid. I believe it's their first kid, so he wants to spend time with his kid, and rightfully so. Like, I, I totally understand that. No problem whatsoever. Gives him a little bit of a break, and I think it was good hearing, too, that he's kind of figuring out how to best manage his body and make sure that he can be ready to go. And he's learning as he goes along, and he's still one of the best closers, if not the best closer in the game. Hopefully this time off, though, once the All-Star break comes around, and hopefully this week leading up to it, he can kind of get back on track because he has scuffled a little bit. You know, he hasn't been as sharp as he usually has been. I mean, he went... Earlier this year, he reached a point where he'd gone 40 straight scoreless outings, and that hasn't been the case the last couple times out. He's given up some runs, and he struggled just a little bit. His command hasn't been as on point. I was at the game the other day when he was pitching, and he just didn't seem as comfortable as commanding on the mound as you're used to seeing out of Josh Hader. And maybe this time off, 
this time to spend with some family can give him some time to reset his mind and get things going again. So good to hear from Josh Hader there and the reason he's not going. Some had said that or MLB had put out a thing saying that he was on the bereavement list or whatever, and that's not the case. He's just going to be spending some time with his wife and his new kid. So all good there. Tonight, the Brewers are going to take on the Minnesota Twins. Jason Alexander will be on the mound for the crew, and Josh Winder will be on the mound for the Twins. A 3 1 2 ERA for Winder, 4 7 5 for Jason Alexander. Should be uh, quite a bit of action tonight because Jason Alexander gives up lots and lots of hits, lots and lots of base runners. I don't know if you heard this, Adam, but I have a new theory that if I'm going to go, or a new way that I'm going to decide what games to go to, I don't want to go to Brewers games where Corbin Burns is on the mound or Woody. I want to go when Jason Alexander's on the mound, because I appreciate watching good pitching on TV, because you can kind of see the ins and outs. But I want to see action when I'm at the game, and Jason Alexander gives you plenty of that. Well, uh, I can't really disagree with you. So are you someone that wants to, when you go to a sporting event, and this may seem like a stupid question. Are you someone who thrives and enjoys being on the edge of your seat at all times, wondering what's going to happen next? Um, yes and no. I don't have to. It doesn't have to always be captivating. But I don't want to see both teams throwing no hitters. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's awesome to see. Corbin, I think that'd be pretty cool, actually. It's awesome to see Corbin Burns working. It's awesome to see him striking out dudes. But at the same point, I enjoy seeing the ball put in play. I enjoy seeing guys make plays, and I just can't feel like I understand what's going on as much when a dude is pitching when I'm watching it in the stands. You can't see the movement. You can't see him working inside, outside, setting up this pitch to the next pitch. I enjoy watching that on TV. Now, would you go to a game where Burns is pitching if he could, say, for example, set a franchise record for wins in a season or something yeah, if yeah, he wins? Yeah, yeah, Okay, just checking. Yeah, I, I still enjoy seeing Corbin Burns. I have no problem seeing Corbin Burns, but if I had the choice between the two, I'd rather watch Burns on TV and get to appreciate his greatness where I can fully appreciate it. Now, if you said you can sit at the game and I could have like a monitor like you can have in the press box sometimes where you can see the replay right away and see what pitch is doing... Yeah, no problem. I'll I'll go and watch. That'd be something for the workers at the stadium to have to handle. Oh, excuse me, you're just going to wheel in this cart here with my monitor to the 400s. <laughs> well, if anything, you just put your phone on it and whatever, but it's so delayed that you wouldn't be able to really tell. But, yeah, I mean, you can do stuff like that. But, yeah, Jason Alexander on the mound tonight, so should be plenty of action for the crew against the Twins tonight. Hopefully they can get a win. Hopefully they can get a win. All right, we're going to dive into some Packers talk coming up next. It's all the big show talked about it. The ESPN released a top 10 running backs. We talked about the quarterbacks yesterday. Aaron Jones is ranked number nine on their running backs list. I want to talk about his role with this offense and if you think it needs to change a little bit this season. We'll talk about that next year on the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That's Adam Roberts here on 1250 AM, The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.